Sure. Okay. Um, so Haribo Gurudev and dear devotees, do you have anything you'd like to share Gurudev before we start taking questions, like things that are going on with you? Um, I'm going to Handy Woods today after the talk. It's just a few minutes from here. Uh, it's full of very big redwoods, huge, 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 big as a house, big as a car, bigger than a car. I'm going to walk there. It's very nice because it's very much changes one's perspective. Hmm? You don't feel like you're the subject there. You feel like you're an object and the trees are the subject. Hmm? So it's one of those powerful, uh, they are, those redwoods, they're indigenous to here in Northern California. I think there's some in China too, the only places they grow. But it's, um, it's one of those powerful manifestations of nature that Krishna speaks about in the Gita, where he says, of redwoods, of trees in Northern California, I am the redwood. Um, so, that's just a little something about this morning after the talk, I'm going to go with Gurunishta uh, and Vrindaranya. Bhai Krishna will be delivering milk this morning. Um, it's been nice here. Um, we, you know, Adarya is a, is, is a handful, you know, for less than, you know, a full five-fingered hand worth of staff members. I'm like, you know, a quarter of a person as far as the capacity to do anything practical. And, um, and then you have the other, other three. Uh, but, it, you know, it works very well for us. Um, and what I originally wanted to do here, um, I'm not looking to add any, any members, um, staff members, but at the same time, it, it's, uh, it, there's a lot to do with the dairy and, and the, the grounds and, and so forth. But we're making a lot of progress with that. Um, and I'm trying to realize the, the completion, you know, over the next year or two of the project in terms of what I had in mind. So it's exciting. Um, and we're making good progress. One of the things I'm going to be doing Next, um, Chidahari is going to come out this way for a while um, to live with Brahma and Lydia and do some work up here. So I'm working on my house and uh, I have, I'm, you're seeing me in my upstairs bedroom and where I write from. And uh, downstairs, I'm going to turn it into a nice uh, studio for these kind of classes. Mm -hmm. um, with Gurunishta's help, so the production should be improved. And, uh, you know, I'm a little enthused about that because I think that despite the fact I'm not traveling now and um, because of the virus and whatnot, uh, through the Zoom calls, I'm able to be in touch with quite a few the devotees. So I'd like to improve the quality of those calls with um, a different uh, setup. So that's, that's nice. 
And then, um, you know, besides the project here itself, we have the Darshan Press, which is, you know, one book of mine is, is, a, is a handful. We're backlogged because some of my books need to be updated in terms of having um, on-demand editions available, uh, some redesigning, some uh, work on the Kindle editions to, to bring all that available. And then and, uh, I just wrote a 30 chapter book that's you know, a, lot of, a lot of work. And some devotees have been working with Haridas, as you know, you're, you're out and I'm looking at you. I guess you're the host this morning. Um, he's, he's done some copy editing on some of the chapters. And, um, Shastravani did some Sanskrit editing and I asked Padmanabha Swami to read it and also make some comments. That, that was just the first six chapters. Now I'll be handing them to Vrindaranya. Um, so the, 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 um, the editing of that is, is kind of going in earnest now. Um, and um, that works with the season here because the season's changing and it's less outdoors and there's more rain and colder weather and so forth. Um, so we hope to get a lot done, you know, in the publishing department and on, on my book. The artwork for my book has been done. How we're going to integrate that into the, into the book itself remains to be seen. Um, I've got you know, two or three, three pieces of art that could use for it. I might just use one, not sure. But anyway, that that's a nice project. We set up a, um, a, a cabin for uh, making jewelry and outfits for the deities, kind of a crafts uh, setup there. Got a nice sewing machine and uh, we have a kiln now that uh, Panchatattva got us for making jewelry make clay and then you put silver over it or gold or copper or whatever and it, you know so we're doing that that's nice um i've been doing some cooking which i like and i've come up with some according to the devotees here some good recipes on my own they keep telling me to write them down but i haven't done that so um it's been nice so that's a little bit of what's what's going on in my uh, sphere here. <clears throat> nice to be tuned in with all of you this morning. So why don't we go from there into the questions? Sure. Yeah. Um, Tadas, do you want to ask your question? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare. Um, many times uh, in the lectures of Prabhupada, I have heard how he's saying, not not even in the lectures, but also I, I read in, in many places, uh, and basically, as I understand it, this basic idea that um, as much you surrender and devote uh, yourself to, to Krishna, so as much you become, um, so as much Krishna reveals himself, and because of that, uh, as Prabhupada says, the bliss blissful comes, and you become very blissful. Um, so the question is: so why then I don't see that in devotees? I mean, nobody from from these meetings, but in general, it's I, I have in, in these couple years when I'm um, 
practicing uh, this path and I have met some some devotees who are practicing for for a long long time and uh, they seem like very hardcore devoted to to the um, to the path to the practice but um, in general as as i see as more you are devoted you become like a I don't want to be rude, but like a some kind of zombie, overtired, and you don't uh, uh, first think you don't you don't look very attractive, like for the others to join the same path that you are doing. And uh, other thing, it seems that you know it's it's it contradicts the 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 teaching in general. So yeah, I understand. What, and I think that. Um, Bhakti uh, is very simple in one sense, but at the same time, it's not that easy to understand. Um, uh, karma and Gyan are the two tracks on which life moves. In other words, exploitation and and uh, and renunciation, or chasing after something and then giving it up, um, and um, devotion. Bhakti is. Uh, Quite otherworldly, then, by, by comparison, and um, it's easy. It's not that easy to even talk about, but it's much easier to talk about it than it is to actually understand it in terms of applying it. So there's going to always, and, and then when you try to widely circulate um, a doctrine like this, then um, the wider the circulation more people are touched but they're more likely that you will touch many people who don't understand it that well and apply themselves in what appears to be an understanding of it but um, is lacking in some ways maybe dogmatic um, on 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 thinking Um, uh, it may um, turn into what Rupa Goswami says calls niyamagraha performing angas of bhakti without knowing the purpose behind them. Um, and, uh, you know, you're not going to get the desired result from that. You, you find this in all religious traditions. Jesus's teachings are pretty simple too. It should be pretty blissful by following, but there's a whole lot of people that really are fanatical about Jesus and they aren't blissful at all. They're mean. Um, and they're not kind. They're not loving. They're not generous. They're not, um, open-minded, um, broad-minded, they're very narrow and, and, and so forth. And, and that's the larger, you know, community, of, as far as my experience has been, of Christianity. You know, then you have people who are, you know, more thoughtful theologians and serious people who, who, um, who enter into, into traditions like those or, or ours. And they're going to be um, less visible, you know, in the public, less available. Um, but um, they are more readily examples of what you know Prabhupada's talking about. So, um, uh, in, in some institutions, like I was a member of ISKCON, as you know, the Prabhupada form. But in my estimation, it, it became very um, after his passing from the world, uh, it's become more very dogmatic and formulaic 
um, and um, uh, not very uh, uh, deeply thoughtful and philosophical and open to in, in, in an example of the kind of openness that's required for dynamic spiritual progress. So, you know, I mean, that's a generalization, of course, um, but I imagine, anyway, that's a generalization, but that, that, that happens in other societies as well. So I, I think that, um, that it's, it's not a surprise. Um, it was a surprise to me at a certain point because I thought this, I, I've practiced in such a way that's been very rewarding. Um, and uh, I thought the same thing was happening to everybody around me, but I found out it wasn't. Uh, and I was quite surprised uh, at, 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 at a certain point that uh, that wasn't the case. And then to delve into that and see underlying what they were thinking and how they were thinking about the same things that they were doing that I was doing and so forth. And I realized, wow, this, we're in a, a different world, different pages, different chapters, different books, practically. So that um, was a surprise to me, but I adjusted um, and, um, you know, I've proceeded. But, um, you know, it's not, it's, again, it's not uncommon. Um, and I, I use Christianity, there are other religious traditions that are an example as well. Um, how, many, how many Buddhists are there and how many Buddhas are there? Um, of course, not that everybody's gonna be a Buddha right away, but everybody should be pursuing Buddhahood um, as blissfully as that tradition might, um, might, might be. Our tradition um, is, um, you know, as good as it is, it's subject to a less than dynamic understanding, a kind of static understanding, a, 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 a neophyte Kanishka orientation that, that it sometimes becomes uh, as an appearance of devotion, but is actually opposed to a, a, a better example of what devotion really constitutes. Um, again, that, that's something that happens everywhere. I mean, the, the, the Jesus, was, as far as we know, was, was of the Jewish community and the Jewish people turned him into the Romans to be crucified. So there he was a living example of the kind of mystical, spiritual, blissful experience that their tradition is supposed to afford and they didn't recognize him for that. So, you know, what was their own uh, practice? Although it had appearances of being strict and whatnot, I, I, I suppose, um, it was divorced from the very heart of the tradition. So this, this kind of thing happens. It's quite common. Um, the thing that will help devotees who fall into that situation is, 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 is good association, powerful spiritual sadhusanga, but that's not so readily available. And the worst thing, of course, is when devotees fall into that type of automatic orientation. And uh, I mean, they can be very 
do all kinds of austerities and like say sleep less and eat less and all these things. I mean, to be honest with you, sleeping less and eating less has, has very little to do with bhakti. Hmm. But they, they get this renunciation orientation as if renunciation is the means rather than a byproduct of, of actual progress. Um, it can make one a little hard-hearted uh, even. So uh, it, again, the, we, we move in the material world in the two tracks of boga and tiag or karma and gyan, and they can, they can cloud our understanding of what bhakti actually is, and we can be more on one side or the other in the name of bhakti. Um, so um, anyway, um, it's, it's uh, the most unfortunate thing is when devotees fall into a situation like that where they're not making progress. They're not, um, e even in terms of, at least in terms of their conceptual orientation, understanding of the tradition, hmm? which is important. Um, and, and, and then while that's important to them and will we'll call their progress, make them less sure. I mean, love is a kind of uncertainty. They're all sure they've got it all figured out and everybody else has got it wrong. Um, they may not have figured it all out and there might be some of the right things that other people have gotten that they could benefit from. But I mean, the work, what I'm saying was the worst thing that happens is that you get into a situation like that and then that uh, neophyte orientation expresses itself as, in, as opposition to more developed understandings of Krishna consciousness that like if you have my association, a lot of times you ask a question, I'll answer it by asking you a question. You know, uh, I don't give like rote answers, turn to page 108 and a half and you know, paragraph three. Um, so real sadhasanga is not meant to make, it's just pat us on the back, tell us everything's fine. Um, but to, to bring up doubts, um, it causes us to question um, and, and so forth and be more unsure. Um, uh, you're sure there's something good, but how much you understand it? You know, well, I'm not so sure. So you're, you're not in a you think that you've just got it between your, your ears and, and that's it and your only business is to regurgitate it um, and um, vomit it up on other people. Um, I mean, I've seen that kind of a thing. So anyway, the worst thing is what is that when one's in a situation like that or sl slipped into that uh, unfortunate uh, condition that they oppose real sadhu sangha, hmm? which challenges their ideas, which speaks to them in a different vocabulary, the same teaching, and they can't understand it. Um, when they oppose it, then then you complicate the issue by by aparad, by offense. Hmm? And then you're not going to be blissful, hmm? for sure. Um, so, you know, I'm giving a broad answer. Uh, each case is specific, whether it's a result of those op their operad, whether they've been some people get in initiated in and get some scars for Vaishnava Aparad because the initiator has that temperament. They, they glorify their guru at the expense of every other guru. They glorify their institution at the expense of every other institution. 
that's not good. Um, and so then they impart the mantra and their, their, their conception of it behind it is, it maybe it's sectarian, maybe it's even offensive, um, uh, you know, weak faith, they say in English requires an enemy. So um, now I don't think that our group is like that, but there are plenty of people that aren't blissful every day in our group, I, I can assure you of that. But at least um, I think that um, they're open to hearing, changing and learning, um, and growing and, um, and they don't think that they, they know everything. I mean, I've given lectures where I'm lecturing to the crowd and there are devotees in the crowd and after the, and there are other people in the crowd too, who, have, who are, have, are not, you know, card carrying members of the tradition and only, to, only have a devotee after the class ask, can you say something about the chanting? In other words, that they're thinking this lecture is only for new people. I already know everything, I already know everything, I already know everything. Hmm. Can you say something about that chanting for the new people? So, you know, they just miss the fact that, that I'm talking to them too. Some of the points are pertinent to that. So I've had that kind of thing happen. So our, our group's not like that. Hmm. They're, um, I see that they, they, their thinking changes uh, over time cons con considerably and they uh, are in a position to, to absorb and take advantage of good association. And, and so they're in a good position to, to make progress, but then making progress is not so easy. That, that all depends on our conditioning and all the flowers don't blossom at the same time in the garden. So um, that's kind of a general answer to your general question. Thank you. What else? Hey, well, I have a follow-up question, uh, very short, you know, for this topic. Okay. Because this is something that I noticed when I came in contact by you, you know, your open-mindedness. So I was wondering how one cultivates this, you know, so in order that, uh, to become more open-minded and more understanding and so on. Well, you know, I think that, um, You know, having association like that is is very helpful. Uh, I have to say, though, unfortunately, that Pujapatrita Marsh was very much like that, very much open-minded and, and uh, entertained a lot of gray. He wasn't black and white. But um, after his passing, there was some of his followers became very black and white. It was very surprising to me and disconcerting. So, well, I want to say and the answer to your question is have association with someone like that. Um, still in my own life, I see example of, despite having that, still it, it um, um, a number of devotees can gravitate towards very black and white um, perspective and inflexible, um, and lacking in terms of uh, broad-mindedness. But I mean, um, that said, I think, uh, you know, it, it, Krishna consciousness is broad-minded. It, 
that, that it is broad-minded. Um, and uh, there are many paradigmatic figures in the Bhagavatam who, um, if you understand them properly and uh, read properly, you, you can you can draw that uh, from them. Um, so, you know, and answer, how, how do you do that? How do you cultivate that? You know, I don't, I don't have a mantra for you or a silver bullet or a pill. It's a culture, you know, it's, it's, it's ongoing. It's good enough to ask the question and, and, and want to be open-minded. Um, I do think that, I said what I said about Chaitanya Saraswati Mahatan, but I, I do think that in in the personal association of Sridhar Marsh that that wasn't there, but in his absence, it 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 um, that did overtake some devotees connected with uh, his divine grace, and I think also that um, uh, Prabhupada was very liberal and very flexible person, and. Um, in his presence, I mean, we were ready to do anything, stand up, sit down, stand on your head, sell the book, burn the book. If he had said, now it's time to burn all the books. You know, we would have burned all the books and cooked pakoras in the fire, you know. Um, uh, so, but in his absence, then um, what's been understood, you know, we all stand only with our own realization. We can say Jai Prabhupada all we want, but all we really have is our realization. And um, every Jai Prabhupada is, is not coming from the same, same realization. So I guess, um, as I just kind of ramble here, my answer uh, is, is good. It's that by having that association, because even an example I've given of Prabhupada and Sridhar Marsh, where after their passing, it turned into something else in a lot of cases. Um, it wasn't the case in their association. So it, we want to have a, that association, you know, enough that it can be part of our our being. We can be the kind of broad-minded person that a devotee, that a Vaishnava really, really is. So try to keep good, good sadhu sangha. Jai. Thank you. What else? Lita Saki. Lita Saki. Good morning. Um, Tadas's question is a lot more relevant to where I'm at in my spiritual life. But I have a question kind of on the other end. Because um, I looked at the calendar and it's uh, now Katyayani Vrata beginning. So I was thinking about that Leela and a question came up in my mind and I couldn't answer it. And I know you've probably answered it before, but I didn't know where to look for the answer. And I was wondering, the, the gopis who went to worship Katyayani were younger than Srimati Radharani and they brought her right at the end, she went with them. So then I was wondering, Krishna fulfilled the desires of those gopis, but I wondered if they became, they're younger, I wondered if they became Manjaris or because the Manjaris don't have a desire to have Krishna for their husband, 
really, I think. Um, I just wondered what, what happened? How did they develop? Um, did their feelings change as a natural um, kind of development within the Leela? You know, that they become um, servants of Radha more, or are they a different group of gopis? I think they're different commentators and they look at them in slightly different ways. <clears throat> Excuse me, but <clears throat> for the most part, um, I believe, if I recall correctly, they're, they're looked at as, as not as sadhakas. There are some sadhakas that enter the Leela there um, from Dandakaranya sages, the uh, Upanishads, um, and so forth, who enter into Gopi Leela. And opposed um, uh, to that, um, these are Nityasiddhas, whose development, of course, is, is expressing itself relative to the Prakat Leela. When the Prakat Leela, there's a, there's a progression of, a, of age and falling in love with Krishna and, and so on and so forth, um, which is one of the charming features of it. So they're looked at as, as Nityasiddhas and um, yes, a little, a little younger, but they're not uh, thought of as pursuing Manjari Bhav and they're directly pursuing Krishna as their husband and Krishna tells them at the um, culmination of the Leela, uh, Krishna marries them. Really, they, 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 there's a marriage that takes place there. Uh, and the, the, uh, they worship the deity Katyani, they have Krishna as their husband. And uh, that's thought um, to be really the worship of Yoga Maya hmm? um, rather than Mahamaya. Yoga Maya manifestation of Katyayani, and um, in the end, of course, of their month-long prayer and uh, austerity, Krishna appears, and he steals their clothes, and he sees them in their nakedness, which in the Vedic culture is, is, is if you see the girl naked, then you're, you're married to her, or something like that. So it's kind of like a, they kind of had like a Gandharva marriage, on the scene that, of course, nobody else knows about. And then Krishna tells them at that time, if you study the text, you'll see that, that in the future that the relationship will be consummated, which is a year later in the Rasalila. So they're not portrayed as pursuing Manjari Bhav, but uh, that's called Tadbhav, but Samboga. You know, the desire to have Krishna as a husband, which is entirely, I should mention, selfless and for the pleasure of Krishna. And it's not, uh, sometimes we speak of it as being in competition with Radha and undesirable from that vantage point. But in a couple of ways, that's not necessarily the case. There can be those who have direct relationship with Krishna, but nonetheless defer to Radha. Um, and uh, are part of her group, or from a broader perspective, I mean, it, it's thought that, for example, Chandravali exists only for the sake of Radha's man, 
Radha and Krishna's the opportunity to taste jealous love. So she's totally in Radharani's service as well. So, so uh, you know, in the, in, that's the kind of the broader picture. Vrindavaneshwari Radhe Ki Jai. So, uh, but yeah, no, they're they're not portrayed as pursuing Manjari Bhav. And so the next year they would have uh, met with Krishna and Rasalila and spent, spent the night with him, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that's on Hush and uh, it's Parakiya. Meanwhile, um, it, it would seem that the, the vow that they undertook for this month here, uh, Margashirsha, the winter month, Hemanta, the winter season, for getting Krishna as their husband was not something that was shared with their their elders who would have been arranging a uh, a marriage to, to to someone else. So it's parakia, but of that type, not not the Manjari type. Does that help? It does, thank you. As soon as you tied the result to the Rasa Leela, then it came together again. Yeah. And he tells them that. He doesn't say, well, in, in, in the coming months, then we'll, we'll get together, something like that. So, thank you. Okay. Um, Mahaprabhu? Hare Krishna Maharaj, dear devotees, Nandavats. Um, my question is related to the progress in bhakti. So if if the progress is dependent on mercy, but also on the combination of one's own sincerity and desire to advance, and sukriti, what to do in order to increase our stock of sukriti? And because uh, sometimes I heard this this uh, devotee was uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 years doing service at one point. Their sukriti ran out and they fell off. So I'm thinking maybe they, it's not, um, not something not proper because if you're on the path, how your sukriti can run run away and you're, you're without security and fall off. So if you can give uh, more clarification on this conception of how progress is happening and the role of mercy, personal uh, sincerity and sukriti. Well, I think that um, uh, there are impressions that we receive from the world. And there are impressions that we receive by interacting with, with devotees or with, with bhakti, knowingly or unknowingly. Um, this could be referred to as Sukriti or it could be referred to as bhakti samskars, impressions. Hmm? And so we function practically in our life, according to the impressions that we have stored in our chitta. Hmm. So unknowingly, we may get impressions for bhakti by association. You may see the deity. We don't know what that means. You may hear the chanting, see the Sankirtan party, and it may, it may just, well, what's that? You know, And 
I remember the first time I saw the devotees uh, was at the, there's a famous festival in the United States in 1969 called the Woodstock Festival. So I was there and uh, I saw the devotees there. And um, my impression, we were coming to the festival and uh, it was so um, well attended by so many people that at a certain point you had to walk for you know a few miles, you had to leave your car and walk a few miles to get to the, to the festival. And a couple of things stuck out in my mind. One of the things was that at a certain point, because so many people were coming, they, they called it, they, they declared it a free festival. Meanwhile, some people had bought tickets earlier, you know, to go to the festival. But at a certain point, there were just so many people coming, they said, well, just let them in, you know. Meanwhile, when we were coming in, some people who had bought tickets were selling their tickets, which was a cheating thing, you know. And I knew it was what, that it had turned free, so I, I was very disillusioned. But it, it, was, it, was, it was a love, you know, spiritual, you know, thought to be festival. So I was disillusioned by that. That stuck out in my mind. And uh, that happened as we were walking in. And also while we were walking in, which was, it was a long walk, and um, um, kind of, it was kind of a, it was a, it was a fair effort. Uh, I saw the devotees and my impression, what they were actually doing and looked like, you know, who knows, but my impression was they were like deer, like just leaping through the crowd effortlessly, it seemed to me. Hmm? And some of them were giving out peacock feathers. And just like, you know, it was, it was a very powerful impression that it, that, that it carried um, and that, you know, that was stored in my, my chitta. Um, there are other things I could say, but um, um, point being that before someone is introduced to the teachings and whatnot, they may see a devotee, they may see the chanting, they may see the deity, and it can create uh, impressions. We could call it Sukriti. Um, uh, with knowledge of what's happening to them, we would call that Agyata Sukriti, or uh, knowing what's happening to you, but not knowing the full import of it. Hmm? So with some Sukriti, some impressions, hmm? um, furthering the impressions. So how do we get this Sukriti? How do we get these impressions? That's part of your question. There's only one way to get Bhakti, whether it be Prem Bhakti or impressions of of brain bhakti is by contact with bhakti. So everything we do in devotional service has the potential to create impressions. We would go to India for the first time to Vrindavan. And uh, so you're all very receptive and, and in a good space, in a teaching moment, so to speak. So there, you can see Rupa Goswami Samadhi and you can have an impression, you can see uh, Radharaman and uh, so there's the outside of the bhakti itself, and then that's our disposition, which may determine to what extent the impression will be compelling, powerful, um, and so forth. 
remember that there was a time when Prabhupada was building the Krishna Balaram temple. He was desirous of building the temple. And it was going to open, I think, in uh, um, Mastami, which was in August. We wouldn't, wouldn't go to India and we would go during Kartik. Or in those days, we would only go to during Gorponi, but I wanted to go uh, and bring the few devotees with me who were on my party. And I thought, and the reason I I I, I gave for this, which I, which was objected to by by some others who thought, you know, you have to stay here and sell books and and so forth. This isn't the time to go. And I said, well, I, I it's a powerful moment in Prabhupada's life. Hmm? He's like a hometown boy of Vrindavan, you know, went around the world, came back over in this temple uh, and the Westerners were accepted. And so and it's Krishna Balaram. It was a big thing for Prabhupada. And to me, it was a huge thing. And, and the money that was my party was raising was all going to pay for the opening of the temple. So my response to any objections was, I, I really don't care about the objections. I want to get some maki some scars from this. This will, this will has a great potential to created a very deep impression, uh, the opening of the temple um, upon me. And I want those impressions. So that's how you get uh, more Sakriti or more Bhakti impressions. Or you make a commitment to, like during Kartik, to chant more rounds and you do it and you, and, or you pay more attention and so forth. So when you put your, when, when you're actually already practicing Bhakti and initiate member, and when you really consciously apply yourself, and you can think within your mind, I want to, I want to get impressions from bhakti that will eventually come to the point where they actually drive my bhakti, rather than now my life is driven sometimes by bhakti, but by other impressions that have been stored up for lifetimes. And those I want to cleanse out and replace them all with impressions of bhakti. So it's an ongoing, you know, uh, practice and so forth. It's not something you run out of. In the example that, that you gave, his Sukriti ran out, therefore he left. And that people leave because of offenses. People leave because I mean, not really having, not really very well understood what what they're doing anyway. Um, to me, it's pretty hard to leave if you understand the philosophy. What I see is people leave for emotional reasons, for misunderstanding of the philosophy. It's very hard to get away from the basics of Vedanta from a rational point of view. And, and then on top of that, uh, this is a kind of Vedanta that's very, very sweet. So to find something more charming as a prospect in life. Hmm. People leave because they, 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 they I mean, I, I, um, I was sent an article um, recently um, with something, it was called something like the so-called um, unbroken disciplic succession that never existed, something like that. So it was some disciple of Prabhupada, I assume, who, who was in ISKCON, who had left and written an article. Um, and it began with, first of all, this Disciplic succession, which is supposed to be this unbroken chain that goes directly to God, and then the message comes, you know, directly to you from the local link in the chain. It begins with mythological figures, you know, who don't even really exist. 
they're just mythological. And then he went on from there. To, so, I mean, he doesn't understand what he's talking about, and obviously doesn't understand what he was involved in. Um, and what the mytho-historic you know, realm is all about. And so, you know, for lack of understanding, uh, as I said, you know, the, the wider you spread this kind of a thing, the more you more there'll be misunderstanding of it. That just goes goes with it. So, but you know, the impressions that you receive from bhakti is uh, are not something that is going to expire at a certain point. Um, so, does that help? Yes, thank you. I was uh, really wondering the same: how a person can yeah. be on the path for 10 years and suddenly, sorry, you ran out of Sukriti, so go back to my island. It was uh, bugging me. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, Hari Charan? Yes, uh, Hari Krishna Maharaj. Uh, this is Hari Charan from Sweden. Uh, my question is regarding uh, the Panchatattva and the Panchatattva mantra. Um, I have a few things I wonder about this. Like, um, first of all, do we know um, the historical origins of this mantra? Uh, like, in what, which generation of disciples of uh, Chaitanya or so that this mantra was like um, given, or such? And um, and also, I wonder. Um, if you could uh, give some explanation on, on like the significance and meaning of, of worshipping the Panchatattva as a group, as a quintet, and also uh, maybe on the practice of chanting Panchatattva. That's a lot I know, but I've been wondering. Have you read my book, Sacred Preface? Um, no, I think not. I wrote a whole book on the uh, Panchatattva mantra. I don't know what you mean by the Panchatattva. Maybe you mean Bhajashi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadada Shri Bhakti Vrinda. Is that what you mean? Yes, indeed. Uh, my uh, Vartma Pradaksha Guru, he told me when I was a beginner in Bhakti Yoga, he told me you need to chant this a lot since you're a beginner. I see. Well, um, when you spoke of the Panchatattva mantra, my mind went to or the opening verse, for example, of Chaitanya Charitamrita, which extols the virtues of the Panchatattva. One Guru So the opening verse of Chaitanya Charitamrita is a glorification of the Panchatattva and Guru Tattva. And then there are, in, in that Mogulacharan or preface, there are a total of, I think, 17 verses, um, five verses, for example, dedicated to explaining Nityananda Tattva, two verses for Advaita Tattva, three or four verses explaining Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So I've written a whole uh, book commentary on those, that, that preface, that Mongolacharan. It's all about the Panchatattva. So I would strongly recommend that you, you get a copy. It's available at darshanpress.com. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's essential reading for you. 
essential reading. You'll be, you'll have plenty to think about the Panchatattva after reading that. But that said, the concept of the Panchatattva as a five-fold manifestation of divinity comes from Sarup Dhammadar. Hmm. I believe the uh, that this this Panchatattvatmakam Krishnam. This is I think we find that in the Mongol Charn verse I cited uh, is. Uh, has its, uh, I think it was penned by, as I say, Sarup Damodar, and then um, perhaps repeated in the work of Kavi Karnapur and included in Chaitanya Charitamrita. So the doctrine of the Panchatattva, if you will, comes from Sarup Damodar. That's the Achari's uh, uh, agreed upon conclusion. Um, that said, there are a couple of different ideas of the Panchatattva. Aside from that of Sarup Damodar, there's, a, there's an Orissan idea of the Panchatattva that includes different members. But uh, the Orthodox uh, ideas, again, uh, as you know, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Vaita Karada, she was. And um, in one sense, as I've explained in, I think in the introduction of Sacred Preface, um, for there to be this dispensation of the Prem of Golok, Golokel Premodhan, Harinam Sankirtan, you have the giver as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and um, he's giving something that um, speaks to us about a variegated nature of transcendence. So for there to be a variegated nature of transcendence as opposed to an undifferentiated, indeterminate Brahman, for example, uh, you have to have some variety. So the variety manifests by way of different expansions of Krishna. So there's Krishna, there's Balaram, hmm? there's Krishna in Natura, Krishna in Dwaraka. Hmm? So representing that world, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brings it, and along with Nityananda, it's through Nityananda, it's demonstrated that it's an irrigated world. Hmm? There are different possibilities that lie there. Um, and then you come to um, Advaita, who was the Mahavishnu through whom the avatars come. So the principle of the avatar of the descent is also represented in him. So you have manifestations of divinity. You have the Swayam Bhagavan expansions of himself in the world that make the spiritual world that make for a variety there. And then you have the fact that it descends here. That's called avatar tattva. So this is in manifest in form of, of Advaita. And then you have um, um, bhakti herself hmm? which is the, which is the, which is the gift and this is represented in Garada and then you have the the recipients hmm? the devotees represented in in Sri Vastakur. Um and uh, he you know represents um, having taken advantage of, of all of this so there's like a this is like in one way of talking about the five fold nature of the um, 
uh, dissent. Uh, I don't think I have a copy of slavery prophecy. Here, I have it here. See, I was, uh, we've got just a few minutes, so we don't have time for another question. So I'll just read a little something that reiterates what I've said. Um, Hopefully. Um, so, in the opinion of Krishnas Kaviraj, to experience all that one can of Radha's love, which is the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm, love, in order to experience all that one can of Radha's love, love it, re, it is required, hmm, one, that the perfect object of love shows the way by his example. So that's Krishna appearing as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we're talking about the dispensation of Krishna Prem, Radha Prem. This is the internal reason for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent. So in order to, for that to be successful, for that to happen, one way of thinking about it is that there are five ingredients divine ingredients that are are required. So one of them is that Krishna himself has to come to give it. It can't be anyone else. Krishna is the one um, and only expression of divinity that has the quality of Prima Madhurya, who's interested in, for example, in Radha's love. Um, so, this is the first thing required, that the perfect object of love shows the way by its example. That's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Two, there must be acquaintance with the supporting roles of that love. So that means Nityananda Prabhu, the Prakash expansion, who, who gives support to that in, in so many ways. Three, the descent of the God into the world of our experience, that's the that's the avatar. So the avatar concept is manifested in Dvaita. Four, Radha's blessings, bhakti, that's a good avatar. And five, a conscious, constituted individual self, like ourselves, on whom bhakti is bestowed, which is expressed through Shivas. So again, these five personified are the Gaudiya Panchatattva, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Shirveta, Gadadhar, and Srivasa. Hmm. So, some thoughts about that. Here is the book, highly recommended. Please get a copy. Yes, thank you very much for the answer. Sure, it will give you um, a lot of questions for further, further discussion. Hi. Thanks for being with us and answering questions. And it's um it's sweet to hear Gopati in the background <laughs> too. He's here. Okay. Hope to be with you next week. Thank Bye. you. How are you both? Hi, Bo. Bo. Bo.